0: Please be seated. Um, I believe, thank you musicians, it was great. It just looks like, thank you guys. Dave, thank you so much. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. God gave me this and uh, that's what I will just in obedience. It's not just like what church people do, but God has instructed me, I believe, uh, to always start my message with a message of salvation. In John chapter 3, 5 through 8, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of this Spirit, he cannot be enter the kingdom of God. So you have to be born of water and of the Spirit, baptism, and a new Spirit in you. You cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. No matter how good you think you are, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And you will react because you're just flesh. You do what everybody else is doing because you are flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Notice a small letter, spirit. When you are born again, you are a new spirit. You are a spirit being. But when you are born again, You receive a new spirit. Different from the old one that you were born with. And now you are not just flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So now you are not just flesh. But you are a spirit being. You carry now the image of God. Realize that. Is it impossible to be born again? No. It's a free gift from God. For whoever wants it. Your spirit can be new. That's why Ezekiel 36, chapter chapter 36, verse 26 and 7 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. So you are not the same spirit that you were before. You are now a new spirit, born again. God says that he will do that. I will take away... I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. So the spirit of God now comes within you, not outside. He was outside of you, but now he comes within you. The spirit of the living God. That makes you different. That changes who you are. You carry the spirit of God. God. Inside of you. That makes you different from the rest of the world. Christians don't realize that. The born again experience is huge, it's extraordinary. But God has made it happen for us. That's why the Bible says, tells us how you can receive it. You can receive the born again so simple. We make it so difficult. Sometimes we are waiting for a prophet of God. A prophet of God. To tell you, you are born again. Oh, the prophet says I'm born again. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture tells us how to be born again. It's simple. We make it so hard. And people are striving. We works, and they can't receive it. And they don't know they're born again. So their lives don't change. But once they have the confirmation, I'm born again. The, t- the spirit begins to walk in them. And you can see the transformation. Many times Christians work for years. Unsure whether they are born again or not. Because of what the church is telling them. Uh, you got to change the way you dress. That has nothing to do with born again. Amen. They will change after they are born again. Leave them alone. But this is what the scripture says. How you can be born again. If you use and reading from New Century version. If you use your mouth to say. If you use your mouth to say, Jesus is Lord. And if you believe in your heart what you are saying, amen, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Just two things. If you say it with your mouth, I don't need the preacher telling me that. I see the word of God. And once I do this, he says, you are born again. You receive a new spirit. You don't need the priest to confirm it. God has already confirmed it. And that cannot be changed. Amen. It says, we believe with our heart. Our heart. And so we are made right with God. When you believe in your heart, you are made right with God. And we use our mouths, hello, our mouths, to say that we believe. Don't just believe in your heart. Tell somebody you believe. Whether your pastor, a friend, or at work, tell them you believe. And if you say it with your mouth, guess what the Bible says? you will be saved. You will be saved. So we use our mouth. It says, as the scripture says, anyone who trusts in Him will never be disappointed. So when you trust in that Word of God and you say it with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you are saved because God cannot disappoint you. He cannot. That's not his nature. Before you begin to think about it, he's already watching. Say it, son. Say it. Say it. And then once you say it, bang, you are are saved. I don't need a preacher telling me I'm saved. God already said I'm saved. I don't need anyone to confirm it for me. Amen. That's my uh, salvation message. (laughs) So I want to go into... Uh, the real message, God instructed me to do this. That's why I called Pastor Larry up. Today, Michael will come up and um, help you. Pastor Michael will come up and help you to receive Christ. Amen. We're going to be doing things that way. We're changing the way we're doing things so we can have people receive Him more. And so the message is titled, Why Should Believers Prosper? Because God wants you to. He has said that in his word. And he's not going to change it because of one or that what one, one preacher said against his word. His word is his word. When you honor the word of God, you honor God. When you disallow the word of God in your life, you dishonor God. So, the main thing for a Christian is honoring God by obeying and receiving what He says. Everything He says. And you discard your old thinking. Because if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. But what's happening? Christians hold on to the old. And they don't listen to what God says. They listen to what the preacher says instead of searching the word of God for themselves. And that doesn't work for you. So you remain where you are. And God cannot prosper you. I may not say it again. I'm believing God for 40 million dollars. And God's going to give it to us. It seems like a joke now. But it's not a joke. God can do it. I know he can. Why should I disallow him? Is it just for me, for the Ark Fellowship? We need to build. We need to reach the world for Christ. We are on television across the world. We can do it. And we want to reach more people. But you can't do that if the church is not prospering. Not just pastor or the pastors. The church. Prospering. So when we need to do something, nothing hinders us. That's why God says... I gave you the power to get well so that he might confirm his covenant that is made. We need to recognize that. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. If you are a Christian, Jesus has become your shepherd. What's the result of that? You will never know want. That's established. I can't pay my bills. No, not for the child of God. That's want. I will, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not ever discover or experience want. Why don't we believe what God says? Why do we let our circumstances and our situation dictate to us when God has already said, if you are his child and he is your shepherd, you will never know one. Do you know why we know one? Because we don't believe what he says. We don't believe it. We just say, how nice. <laughs> but we don't expect it to really happen. We don't. But I'm challenging you, change your mind today and begin to believe God. That God wants you to have this. That your family will never know want. And your children will follow suit. They never know want. Because you believe the word of God. Even to a thousand generations. According to the word of God. Even to a thousand generations. So if Jesus carries, your family will never know want. Because you believe. He has to start with somebody. He started with Abraham. Let it start with you. In your own family. Instead of giving into what Satan is telling you in your mind concerning your education, concerning your job, minimum wage, no, God is not going to depend on your job. He can give it to you. Got to believe that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures every day. It's never dry. He's always green for you. Always green for your life. That's what God said. He wants your life to be green every day. You turn to the left, is green. You turn to the right, is green. You can swim in the green. He wants to meet every need. He really wants to. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. Do we believe this? That's... You will never know want. That's what David experienced. He didn't say you won't have troubles. David had troubles. But he never knew want. He had everything. When it comes to want, that's not David. Think about the amount of money David acquired. For the building of the house of God. The millions of gold that he had. And then his son... Whew. Solomon. Oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> he goes from father to son. Yeah. And before you know, Solomon has gathered all the wealth of the world. He's, everybody he was rich, people couldn't stop giving to him. I mean they come giving to the king. He was richer than those giving to him. But God has commanded them give to Solomon. Amen. That's your portion in Jesus' name. That's your portion in Jesus' name. Because in the New Testament, we are greater and better than the old. Because we have greater, better promises in him. He leads me beside the still waters. Peace. Hallelujah. Peace. Peace. You have wealth and you have peace. Still waters. Drink and have be still. Peace in your life. He restores my soul. So if you've been dry, He <laughs> wants to restore your soul. Not just your flesh, your soul is restored by our God. Amen. By our God. And then He leads you in the paths of righteousness. Hallelujah. So you don't fail. And why is he doing it? For his name's sake. For his name's sake. He does that because you are called in his name. He doesn't want his name to be blasphemed or shamed. So he washes over your life so that you can walk in that narrow path so he can continue to bless you. That's what that scripture is telling us. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, he says, These blessings will come upon you and overtake you. There's somebody at the door. Check. These blessings will come upon you and overtake you. (laughs) Basically, these blessings will pursue you and knock you over. And take over your life. Not just one blessing. These blessings shall come upon you and overtake your life. And so we want these blessings to overtake the Ark Fellowship. I'm praying for $40 million. I pray for it every morning. I want my $40 million. And God is able to provide it. Amen. I remember a story. I'm digressing this time, but this is really funny. How many of you remember Robert Shuler? You remember Robert Shuler? What do you remember about Robert Robert Shuler. He had a glass cathedral. Glass cathedral. When they were small, he was talking about the glass cathedral. I'm sure the members thought, this man is insane. Who are you talking about glass cathedral? On the other side of, the, of his life, there was another man that God had spoken to. And he says, put $30 million, I don't know how many million dollars aside for the work that I want you to give to. Robert Shuler didn't know that. So the man knew he had to give this money to some pastor to do some work. So he started going from church to church. Every church is talking about two million, uh, just a little building. And he says, "Mm -mm," he goes to the other church. And one day he was, I don't know how long he was in Robert Shuler's church. He liked what he was doing. And then Robert Shuler started talking about the, the glass cathedral. And this fellow says, Yes, this is it. Pastor, here is the money for your glass cathedral. And they interviewed him. Why did you give that? He said, I've been everywhere. Nobody talked about that much money. So I knew it wasn't them. (laughs) I want that for this church. Amen. God's going to do it for us. And we will be able to reach the world. It's not about the wealth. We can go all around the world winning souls for Christ. We can be sending people back and forth. And they don't have to pay for it, because we have the money to do it. Can I hear an amen? God's going to make it happen for our church. All we need to do is believe Him for it, and be serious about it, and be tenacious, asking God. And God will do it for us. Amen. Psalm 102, verse 13 and 15. It says to God, You will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yes, the time has, the set time has come. Amen. I read this scripture to let you know that the set time for God to favor the Ark Fellowship has come. Amen. Amen. The set time for God to favor the Ark Fellowship has come. Not one person. I'm praying for every member of our church. For you to be blessed beyond measure. And peace with your blessing. And your heart full with the thoughts of God. And serving Him. That's what we're talking about. You, have, you will. God, they're saying to God, you will arise. God, you will. Because the set time has come. You will arise. You will. And have mercy on the Ark Fellowship. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. I believe the time has come. Yes, they may be having troubles in the world and famine in the world. But I believe the set time to bless the Ark Fellowship has come. And God's going to do it for us. Your servants take pleasure in our stones. Amen. Amen. We want to do what's right. We will do Sunday school. We will do Wednesday nights. We will do Sunday mornings. We will pray corporately. Corporately. And every way. So that God can begin to bless us. As he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God will do that for us. We can not do it for ourselves. But if our minds are ready... And we are calling on God. Help us God. That's what I'm doing. Calling on God. Help us God. If we do that. God is going to answer from heaven. Because he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. Neither can he deny his word. He's not going to do it. We can believe God. And God will do it for us. So shall the nations fear the name of the Lord. When God begin, when people begin to see what's happening in your life, they want to go to church with you. They can't understand how this man who didn't have much, could barely pay his bills, now has a brand new car paid for, no debt. Hey, what's going on in your life? They want to go to church with you. Amen. They really want to go. That's number one with regards to prosperity prosperity demands obedience that's what i just got through secondly prosperity requires sowing that's where most people miss it sowing god has made this promise but god requires for that promise to be fulfilled in your life you got to do something As a believer, most people don't want to do that. They just want God to bless. It doesn't work that way. As long as the earth stands sowing and reaping, God says He's not going to curse the earth anymore, but the way to prosper is to sow. If you sow time for God, you sow time for people, God will give you back your time multiplied. If you sow compassion, you will also have compassion in return. And there's a scripture I need to, when it comes to that point, I will share with you. I never saw it the way bef- that, that way before. Because God prepares you for what's going to happen in the future. When there will be drought, then because you have sown, your needs are met, while others are wasting away. Because I'm going to bring that scripture later. So sowing is required. That's why God says the seed time and harvest. Psalms 126 verse 5 and 6 He says those who sow in tears it's not fun when you have to give a lot away. God has actually instructed people to sell their homes and give it to the church. And guess what? After that the money comes in unexpectedly, and they have many houses. Because God said, When you have, his, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, when you have built beautiful houses, not just one, beautiful houses, God says, Don't forgive me, forget me. But the word is when, not if. It's when. God says you can do that. But please don't forget me. Because I'm your source. I gave you the power to get wealth. So we need to have that in mind. Those who sow in tears. So it's not fun when you don't have a lot to give. Especially when you can pay your bills. You know you have this amount. But I, if I give my tithe today. I won't be able to pay my bill. If you listen to that you miss out on God. You never see a miracle. So sometimes you pay, you you, you sow, but it's not fun. You go home wondering. Ah, I, can, I don't know if, I, I don't have enough money. What am I going to tell the guy? But I'm telling you, God will show up. So we've had people just walk up say, I don't know why, but I keep feeling that I need to give you this money. I had that happen to me. The guy was mad. He threw the money at me and walked away. A <laughs> hundred dollar bill. I remember, you know, somewhere, I was sitting by a woman talking to, talking to a bishop in Nigeria. And the woman, after I finished, she said, hey, yeah, take. Guess what it was? A hundred dollar bill. She didn't know me from Adam. God can do these things. <laughs> I'm believing that hundred dollars, please, God, multiply it by two hundred thousand. Amen. But somebody can do that for you. God can do it. And you don't have to be obligated because he was God. You know say, what, "What can I do for you?" You give it to me. I just say, "Thank you." And walk away. And "Thank you very much. This was generous of you. I'm sure the Lord told you to give this. I mean, they say yeah, Jesus, he's going to bless you." And I walk away. Amen. Amen. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joy. Enjoy. You reap in joy. You're happy because... Why is it enjoy? joy? Because you have a great harvest. You can't be in joy when it's the same amount he gave. Alright? You reap in joy. He who continually... You see, that's the problem. People just sow here and there when they feel like it. Sometimes they pay their tithe. Sometimes they forget. Top, top, they claim they forgot you can't forget it, you know what you're doing you know exactly what and God knows what exactly you're doing, he reads your heart but those who continually go goes first he who continually goes first weeping bearing seed for sowing that's the problem people give a little here and a little there it doesn't work you only live by your labor. That's what it is. You can never see God's exponential miracle in your life. Because you don't continually give. You know the reason why I borrow to give? I want to continually give. Amen. Even if it's a dollar. In an offering. Some mini- I got it from a minister. That says I never go without giving an offering. Whenever it's called. Every single time. Even if it's a dollar. You may not get it that day. But it's coming. It's coming back to you. That's just the truth. The word of God cannot lie. The word of God cannot lie. That's the truth. So, he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless. Doubtless. God is saying, doubtless. God is saying doubtless. I mean, this is God speaking. He says, don't have any doubt. He's coming back. And coming back more. Doubtless. Come again, rejoicing, bearing his sheaves with him. That's what it is. I think where Christians are missing it, it's not like they are not sowing, but they don't continually sow you hear a need and you say, well, I don't know if I can do that because I just gave yesterday. <laughs> if it comes into your attention, guess what God's wanting you to do? If you don't know about it, no big deal. But when God somehow brings it to your attention and you hold back, you really should change yourself. It's, that's what you've done. You kept everything to yourself and it won't grow. If you have a seed in your house and and, and you have some corn and and, and you eat all of it, next year you have nothing to eat. You got to let some of them go and bury them. Especially in farming, right? You want to eat everything. But if you eat everything, you're going to suffer more. So giving what you have to give is painful. But when you give, God says it's going to come back to you. Listen to this scripture. Jesus speaking concerning sowing. Give and it will be given to you. So, is the giving, not? don't determine who is going to give to you. That's not your business. Jesus has already said, it will be given to you. He didn't say, the person that you gave is going to give back to you. But somebody will give it back to you. Somebody will. Somehow that money is coming back. When you throw it away, it comes right back to you and doesn't come back the same, just like the power of a seed. You have more. Give, Jesus said, and we don't obey him. He said to give. We neglect that. And we're expecting blessing when you refuse to give. How can you have an increase when you didn't sow at all? How do you, a man didn't sow, he goes back to the field and he's looking for a harvest. That's a madman. You didn't sow anything, Why are you? What, what are you doing in the field? You're going to reap weeds? There's nothing for you there. What you sow is what comes back to you. That's the way it is. Give, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together running over, will be put into your bosom. Somebody's going to do that. Because God has already decreed it. It's a law. We don't realize every word that comes out from God's mouth is a law. When God says this is a law, He's going to be fulfilled. He says For the, with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This is the scripture... That I wanted to share the next scripture. That really opened my eyes. It really did. I've read that scripture before. But I never saw it the way. I'm seeing it today. That scripture. Is from Ecclesiastes. Chapter 11 from 1 through 5. Listen to this. Cast your bread. Upon the waters. We used to sing about this. Years ago. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Your bread is like corn, right? Your food. It says, Cast it out. It's coming back. Not the same day, but after many days. Give a serving to seven. Give a seven, ser, a ser, you know, serving to seven. What does that mean? You're giving to seven people. So you give a serving at this time, in your present time, you know the needs of people, you give to seven. Because they have needs. Give a serving to seven and also to eight. wine. Why? for you do not know what evil will be on the earth so basically when you give a seven to seven people or seven whatever god is telling you to and eight people guess what you are doing you are securing your future because you don't know what's coming on the earth you have no idea there may be famine coming to the people and are going to be, a lot of people are going to suffer. But before that, you have given your service to people. So your service is going to protect you from the evil that's coming on the earth. Can you get it? Can you get it? Can you get it? You're serving because you obey God. you sold. Now there is evil, but He cannot touch you because your servant is protecting you. Based on the word of God. He says, if the clouds are full of rain, they will empty themselves upon the earth. When you give, there's going to be many days coming. And it's not now because the clouds are not full yet. You get it? So those who continually give, can you get it? Not just here and there, you continually give. So until the cloud is full of water. Many days. And then all of a sudden, your situation is totally transformed and changed. So many times we hear pastors and we're thinking, they just want our money. I don't want your money. I want your money for God. To do God's work. Amen? That's what it is. Many days, you don't know what's coming on the earth. If the clouds are full of rain, after you've sold... They emptied themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there you shall be. Basically, as you give, God's gonna bless you. But he says, He who observes the wind will not sow. So you see, he's still talking about sowing. You are thinking about the future, what's gonna happen to your family. If you did this now. You're observing the wind. You're not going to sow. You're thinking about. You know the future. How it's going to be with you. You want to protect yourself. You're not going to sow. You're observing the wind. That's the issue here. He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the (laughs) clouds. Will not reap. If you are concerned about being able to reap, you most likely will not reap at all. This is another scripture here. Verse 5. As you do not know what is the way of the wind. You don't know it. When it's going to come. Or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is the child. Who is with child. So you do not know the works of God. Who makes everything. You don't know it. So you don't respond to it. But when you know it. You respond to it. Scripture says. Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruit of your increase. So shall your bonds. Your bonds. Your bonds will be filled with plenty. And your vats. With over, will overflow, will overflow, with new wine. This morning, I want to ask you, those of you watching at home, and here at the church, do you want your vast to overflow? Do you really want it? Because the Bible says, Ask shall be given to you everyone who asks receives if you don't have the desire you are not going to ask but I'm praying to God that he'll put the desire in everyone's heart amen Amen. I want to pray for those at home if you don't know Jesus Michael please come up and close the service for us amen God bless you
1: Uh Thank you, Pastor. Mm -hmm. No, he's talking about when we say prosper, our soul is going to prosper. But also, when we read the Word, it says in, in Isaiah 58, those seeds that are planted, that we call the Word, is what prospers into our salvation. So what you've heard this morning, if you're out there and you have not received Christ, those seeds have been planted for you today. And so we're going to pray the prayer of salvation for you. Because it says in Ezekiel that he will put a new spirit in you, a new human spirit. And that's what he means when he's talking to Nicodemus. He says, don't marvel when I say you must be born again. We are actually given a new spirit when we receive Christ. So this morning I want to lead you in that. Repeat after me. Father God, thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for your son that you sent for my salvation. Thank you for the words in your Bible and the words that have been spoken that tell me I can be born again. Right now, I receive you as my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for an infilling of your spirit. And as we continue forward, I will grow and prosper in your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you and have a great week.